Yo, yo, this is Treasy. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the On Ear Network. We know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves. So we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity. The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel. And Grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories. And of course, Kind of Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV. So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show. Well, power in and of itself is not an important thing to him. No, he would never talk about his own power. No, his power comes from his confidence, from what he doesn't have to say. And he's not a criminal. He's got a deep moral center. Politicians are the criminals. The drug dealers getting people hooked on empty promises. Mm. And Don, he serves his, his community more than any politician ever would. He just wants to do right by his, his people and his family. Yes, yes. Hi, friends. What's up? What's up, my people? Grams of Snow podcast. <coughs> Bless you to six. Thank you. I'm gonna leave that in there, six. Okay. <laughs> your fra- your favorite mafia, drug dealer, street gang, mobster. Help me out here, six. I always draw blanks. Teenage drug use, white collar crime, political crime, Rico cases. All of that. Yeah. Rolled up into one podcast with a black man and a black woman yes having fun talking about it yes yes that's it we are that i read a review that somebody i completely forgot that like you could put apple reviews you know like people on apple Pod- us? that's crazy that we have a few reviews Do shout they? out to the people that have reviewed are they good it, i i have a story oh, the majority of them are good Why it's, it's not a bunch me? no not drag I think one person might say, might have said something like, you like to argue or something like that. That is crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? Because that's not me. <laughs> they did that to troll. They were like, you think so? No. You think so? Yes. Or do you think maybe there's just a part of you that you're not aware of? I think it was a troll. Okay. That's possible too. Um, but that's not the one I want to talk about. But however, our listeners, if you are listening, we do welcome reviews. So you can, if you're listening to this on Apple Music. Leave us a review. Tell yes. us how we are because we do we do read feedbacks. Now, the one <laughs> there was one specific review. They gave us a one star six. Oh wow, they hate us. And the reason why is they were like, they said something like, "Not even twenty seconds into the podcast, I heard the n word." So this must have been a white person. Oh, right? fuck I heard you. the n word. We're and, black. Uh, <laughs> they were like, "There's just so many other words in the vocabulary you could use." You we don't chose nigger. Yeah, we did. We chose nigger to say. Sorry. I ain't sorry at all. The fuck? You just mad well, you can't say it. That's a possibility. I do want to get better about that. No, just care. about cursing in general. But no, that's cute for you. I know. I, I Listen, I'm not about censoring anybody, Six. I want you to say whatever you feel comfortable with. Even if you didn't. Oh, that's a fact. <laughs> but I, I just would never be the person to tell you not to. Yeah, no. I'm being a jerk. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sans the... Uh, <laughs> you got to read that one review there. Like, yo, Six, even though she proclaims she don't like to argue, she sure enough like to argue. I don't. <laughs> I don't like to argue. Yeah, man. Somebody else said something about you on Instagram the other day, too, and I had to tell them to relax. 
like, yo, relax, fam. Told you. Y'all niggas is What'd crazy. they say now? I don't know. I can't remember. Yes, you do. They, no, I, I truly don't. You deleted or something? No. Is it still there? It's Let me still see. wherever. I can't even remember what post it was on. Let's see. But they said something. I was like, relax. You know, because y'all, y'all just can't be coming at six, bro. Like, I can come at six as much as I want. Tell That's me. just the nature of the game. Is it? You can't come at six, Got y'all. It. Listeners, y'all cannot come at six. I'm a, I, Now, I've been saying that. You've been telling me I'm soft. Because it's a, it's a special lady on Twitter who hates me. Who? Yeah, I'm going to say it. She's listening. I don't really care, but. Oh, I haven't seen this person. It's okay. Hmm. I'd be ignoring her. Yeah, man. We need to get women power up in this jump, man. Y'all supposed to be bonding. Don't nobody need to be hating on six, bro. I'm easily hateable. You either adore me or you hate my guts, and it's okay. Dang. I hate that for you, six. I hate that you're comfortable in that space, six. Anyway, we're here to talk about The Offer, episode seven. The Offer is the limited series run television series about the uh, making of The Godfather. So that's what we're here to review. We love The Godfather here. We're pro-Godfather podcast. Very much so. Yeah, so. It's our jam. Yeah, it is, man. And I like talking about this show. It's a very, it's a very fun show. It's, it has like a whimsical quality to it. Even- this episode, particular, I don't maybe it was my anxiety, but this one was hard to watch for me. Anxiety with the show? Oh, I'm one of those people who has comfort shows. Yeah. Because when I watch shows where I don't know what's happening, mm-hmm. I get secondhand embarrassment or anxiety for the characters. Probably the mark of a good show. Okay. But. In any other instance, I would have turned it off and waited to watch it. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess. Hmm. It wasn't bad at all, though. Right. I agree with you, but it's like, right. oh, there's too much going on. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. The show has a very whimsical quality to it, even though it's kind of serious subject matter. But they're they're almost treating it very like um, caricaturist, even though it doesn't feel like a caricature. What do you mean? Like it doesn't like even the mob violence doesn't feel like a real threat. Like it, it feels mm. it, it feels like a made for television television series, you know. Mm. And, and I don't mean that in like a disparaging way or a bad way or anything. I just mean that in like they made it very digestible. You know, they made it very like TV thirteen. So in know? contrast to the way that Charlie felt watching The Godfather, how he felt it, you feel like for this, it's very what they were. T- what they were telling Charlie about Al Pacino mm-hmm. is what you feel like the show is doing, but probably purposeful. When as far s- as being uninspiring, unconvincing, do you think the mob violence is that? No, 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 no. Because I don't know that I disagree, but it's like, because like you're saying, it is very, I'm not jumping, I'm not, ner- I will say, well, when he got shot, I was like, <gasps> just because I right. didn't expect it. Oh, right. Same but, here with Joe Colombo. But nothing's, you're right, nothing feels menacing. It feels. Yes. Maybe that's the point, though, because like they're saying in the movie, The Godfather is about people you love who happen to be really mean. Yeah. It, that, I, I think maybe that goes into it. Like um, Betty's Walk Home with, what's his name? Lenny, I think. Yeah, with Lenny. Uh-huh. It's like that. Yeah, and the purse gets snatched and he beats the guy up. Like, it just doesn't feel like, it, does, I don't, it doesn't invoke any emotion for me. Then maybe it feels purposeful, right? Because even then, maybe it feels like what they're trying to say about the movie. Because even Joe Colombo's conversation about his son... Oh man, that was right. That, that was right from the movie. Um, right, which scene? Which scene was it for you from the movie? That it was. I don't know that it was. I mean, I'm just the idea of the movie itself, where I I can't recall the exact scene, oh, okay, but okay. where the dawn is like, you know, Michael was never supposed to be the guy. Yeah. And then it's like he becomes the guy. He becomes the guy, right? Right. right. So it felt like that. I was like, huh, little callback. Yeah, yeah. There's the actual. The, the, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot or anything like yeah. that. I wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah. Um. The scene that that was, I feel like kind of grifted from was 
um, the scene where Michael and Vito were having a conversation in like the backyard, mm-hmm. you know, and he was like, I never wanted this for you, Michael. Yeah, I yeah. To, that, you know, it was right from that. But, you, but you're absolutely I just right. the theme of it. Right. Yeah, I couldn't right. recall that scene. But I mean, right. it's how Betty was. She, Lenny has become everybody's, you know, like he's a threatening person there, but he's just Lenny. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we love him. Yeah. We know something needs to get done. Someone needs to be put in the closet. We call Lenny. But right. he's just Lenny, right? He's super sweet, super fun, but he might beat the brakes off a guy if he snatches your bag and you can forget that because you love him. Right. And then it scares you. It's like, well, but it's digestible because it's just Lenny. It's just Lenny. So maybe that's yeah. by design to feed into the idea of the movie. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that was a conscious decision for sure. Because they could have made it menacing. Everything else is super convincing. Yeah. So a, as in comparison or the contrast with uh, like uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. You know, we spoke about Goodfellas because Ray Liotta just passed away. Mm-hmm. We spoke about it in our uh, We Own the City series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God, or excuse me, Goodfellas feels threatening. Like, like, the, like it's. Don't you ever touch her again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know the way the way Tommy is. Like you never know if he's gonna pop off on somebody. You know what I mean? Like, funny to you? I make you laugh. And and they, and they make us love these parts, right? They they give us something to grasp onto, but there's still this like, you know, think about the the scene where Jimmy Conway, there, you know, Karen and and Jimmy, and this is like. When the heat started coming down and they didn't know where Henry Hill stood, you know, and everybody was doing drugs and uh, Karen came to see Jimmy and then she was leaving and uh, he was like, yeah, I got some dresses in there. Go in there and check yep. them out. And she was like. Yeah, it didn't look right. He was like, right in there. Like, you felt scared for Karen. Yeah, because it's like, why would you do that to her? Right. Yeah. But like, given given Jimmy's, Jimmy Conway's history in the show up to that point, him Killing Henry Hill's wife isn't off the table. No, it's not. I just don't get any of that from this show. Yeah. Right? Like the mob violence is. It, I get what you mean by caricature now. Yeah. 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 But I think it's by design. I yeah, would hope. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Because they're good at everything else. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I think they just wanted to put focus on. I this think, isn't a gangster show. Yeah. This is not about being a gangster. I right. think it was important. I think it could have easily become that if they made it mm-hmm. more menacing. Mm-hmm. And they're. I think the most that they're doing is with Joey Gallo. Right. Yeah, he's like the most, and only because it seems like he played a huge part in the stuff about this movie. Because if he popped Joe Colombo, yeah, clearly something's gonna have to change. Things gonna have to move around. He was making stuff shake. So and and listen, I was all the way wrong last episode. I said if if I had to bet on it, Joe Colombo lives to be an old man. I, however, I don't know. I didn't look up to see if he did die at this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, did you by any chance? No. Okay. See, I'm not, so I'm not exactly sure that he actually died. Maybe he just got popped and. You know, whatever. They shot like, that man in his chest twice. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um. On the left hand side of that. It was the. It was the right. Nope. It was left. Okay. Um. Wait, I'm wrong. Yes, it was the right. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. Thank. You. Oh, what? You're telling me you're sorry on you the podcast, and this is why they drag me on. On social media. No, I just, apologize often. Go to hell. The show is recorded. You did that to me last episode. That's why I had to do that to you. You don't be apologizing on air. Huh? You don't be apologizing I do. on air. I, I do. All the time. On air. All the time. Okay. All the time. Okay. Jeez. We do record this show. You can go back and listen. Okay. Um. All right. Let's start right off on the rip, man. Why does a butcher have a horse's head? Horse meat. Who eats horse meat? A lot of people, they just don't know it. Exactly. That but also, Ikea sells horse meat on purpose. So, and they're 
Ikea sells horse meat. Well, and drag me if I'm wrong about this or if it's just a story or a lore, but to my understanding, in Scandinavian countries, yes. They eat horse meat. To my understanding, yes. Oh, that's definitely news to the God. That could have been like just a drag about Ikea, but I I don't think it is. And I don't think it's outside of people eat different things in different places. Right. But I don't know. Maybe there was a place in the meatpacking district where there's a restaurant that serves that. I don't know. Yeah. But there's know. tons of reason to also kill horses. I hate that that statement came out, but it's true. Well, well I mean, that makes sense. Uh, so I always hear that, like, they use horse meat and dog food. Like, I always that hear could that. be a thing. Yeah, I definitely believe that's true. Yeah. I mean, an old horse dies or right. try but, to get rid of it. You but why would it. your neighborhood butcher have horse meat? A slaughterhouse, a slaughterhouse. I imagine you could pay some, you can pay a slaughterhouse, slaughter anything, I imagine. Yeah. Well, how many horses are just walking around New York City? There's several Clydesdales. All right. Well, but that yeah, wasn't they, a Clydesdale they, head, though. They they do have like aqueduct, the horse racing track and stuff like that. So, all right, uh, maybe. And maybe. the country isn't, believe it or not, it's not super far from the city. You drive oh, yeah, two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less yeah. than two hours. Yeah, less than 45 minutes. Really? Is that close? Yeah, very close. Yeah. yeah. As soon as, like, outside of, like, uh, you keep going outside you know, of west Dance, from the Bronx. Everything feels like upstate. So, mm. um, okay. All right. All right. Um, I mean, it's weird that they're just going to give it to you and that you know there's a horse head there. I'll give you that. Like, uh, well, Lenny, how did you know there was a horse head there? Well, clearly, he's a mob butcher, but yeah, man, I, yeah. Probably hiding minks in there to keep them cold during the summer. Mm. 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 Okay. All right, so you have an answer for that because I and I'm glad that they went and got. Uh, so it was a real horse head. That's crazy. Uh, I get it. Makes sense. That's crazy. Especially it makes especially you know it makes great sense after seeing the prop horse head. It was really bad. Now, the scene was it is very iconic. However, I think I wouldn't have been able to tell if it was a fake horse's head. I think maybe well. I think special effects weren't as good back then. Mm -hmm. And if all they added was some red paint to it, then yeah, you would have been able to tell. Right. They didn't, it doesn't seem like they had the same abilities and technologies to change it up like we do now. Cause if they had just taken whatever was in that bucket and poured it on that horse head, yeah. no, I'm not going to believe that. And also that scene, it was kind of the first time we saw any real threat or violence, wasn't it? Like, I'm not bugging. Like, it's, that was the first time you was like, oh shit, these people heard you. Okay. Y yeah. Yeah, but um, but maybe by the time it got to me, I was desensitized. Maybe. So it didn't feel like such a big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, essentially that was the scene where you, you were supposed to be like, okay, this is a real gangster family. Yeah. Like, you know, we had, we had heard these tales through Michael's mouth in the at the wedding, but this was the first time we saw them in action. Tom Hagen won't go on 12 hours. Yeah, man. Drop the horse's head in that jump. But I'm gonna push back a little bit with the with the special effects. Have you ever seen the movie called The Thing? Is that a scary? I feel like it's a scary movie, so it, probably not. It is. It is from the 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 original just, version from like '82. I just told you I got bad anxiety and can't be watching sitcoms that make me nervous. Oh god! Like I don't. I'm not watching this episode, this season of Stranger Things because the trailer looks like something from Game of Thrones. Oh really? I'm not doing it. People keep saying it's scary. No. I I, I didn't all the way finish. Uh season three they i'm like me. like halfway through it huh they lost me yeah they did but, but i fuck with the uh the the young boy caleb mclaughlin man um the the black boy on the show yeah yeah he's really he's doing he, great things so he does music really and yeah he does music um uh, and his producer and writer 
uh, is is one of me and BJ's homies. Oh, Shout cool. out to BJ. Uh, dude named Rashad mm-hmm. from Columbus, Ohio. Part oh, cool. of uh, Elevate the Game. Shout out to Rashad, Dion, the third, and uh, fucking Jay Rawls. All of them out in Ohio. Uh, Veda, all the Ohio boys. But um, yeah, yeah. So he writes for Caleb McLaughlin, and Caleb does music, and it's really dope. Music. It, it really reminds you of like the '90s, like mm. some. He does, yeah, it's really dope, man. But he, he's a cool, he's a cool young kid. It seems like, um, the thing, the thing. So, if you the the practical special, so to me, the effects back then were better because they had to be practical. I mean, I think okay. that we, I think that like in today's is this your time, filmmaker brain or your consumer brain? I mean, a little, a little bit of both. Okay, you know, like because when I watch the thing. The stuff that they do in the thing is very frightening, but to know it's all practical, there's no CGI at all, because CGI wasn't accessible then. Mm-hmm. It there's a sense of realism to it that just computers can't really achieve, right? And and because of the time frame, it's like it's a bigger brain racker. Like there's a scene, there's a scene in the thing where there's like because the whole thing is about like basically body snatchers, like an alien, you know, invading people's bodies and taking them over and shape shifting and stuff like that. There's a scene where there's like a dude's head that's like crawling around like with like like a spider, and then like these big octopus tentacles come out of it, and it's all practical. So it's like you're watching it, you're like, this shit is gross. Number one, it's disgusting, and then two, you're like, yo, how did they do that? Like once you get past the that's your filmmaker brain. As a consumer, that would be dumb to watch because you can't do that. I, but I, I challenge you to watch that scene, though. No. <laughs> it's re- it's really crazy. It man. sounds like I'm, I have nightmares about it. Yeah, no. you probably would because it's really like even the the early Freddy Krueger stuff. Like now, now, albeit Godfather was 70, 71, 72. Yeah, you're talking about late eighties. No, I'm talking about early eighties because mm-hmm. the thing was eighty two. Ten years is a long time. It is Especially a long in time technology. in technology. You're absolutely right. I'm trying to think of some stuff from the seventies that. Yeah, I don't know. I have. Oh, The Exorcist. Was in the 70s? I believe so. I believe it was like towards the latter part of the 70s. Are you saying that those were good special effects? What? Have you seen The Exorcist? Yes. I mean, there's some that are not good and there's some that are fucking amazing. I think that you're judging them by the time they were in. For the time they were in, sure, they were good. But as when you watch them later, I've had this conversation. I think we may have talked about it on just another podcast when we were guests over there. Like how I feel about Jurassic Park. You're crazy. Still holds. I'm sure. I'm just saying it, it's it's not cool to watch after you've seen everything else. That part I do kind of get. So when you're describing the thing and the exorcist, it's not cool to watch after watching everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. I accept that as your opinion. Yeah. Like, and again, it, it may just be because of being exposed to CGI and uh, better technology. Mm-hmm. And I think that the lens that you view things through probably adds to, oh my God, look how cool that was and how innovative that was. Mm-hmm. But just having a consumer brain and not really caring about the innovation of it. Right. I guess it's dumb. I mean, not, not that it's dumb, but it's not wowing. Got it. Yeah. Like okay. I wasn't ever unconvinced, right, by The Exorcist. Right. But I wasn't like scared either. When did you watch? I was maybe probably 10 or 11. My dad was a monster. Okay. Probably like 10 or 11. So you're talking about early 2000s there, or late yeah. 90s. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. Like Blade was already out. Well, yeah. Blade. Shit. Matrix might have been out by the time you seen it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I get it. I accept that. Yeah. Um. So 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 real horsehead was a better move. Twas. Okay. I'll, I'll accept that. Um. 
why? I I hate Barry Lapidus and I hate Jack Ballard. Okay. Indeed. Why are they so concerned with trying to sabotage this movie? They want to do the movie. Remember? Yeah. When they brought it to who was the man? Blood on. Blood on. No, 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 no. Uh, then I'm who was it? I'm thinking of the director or the wannabe director when you say you hate. Who's Barry? Barry Barry's, is the guy who hates Evans, right? He, he, well, yeah, he hates it. Yeah. He hates the, Bob. The, yeah, he's the money guy. Okay. Uh, at, uh, so Gulf and Western. Keep in mind Jack and whoever the long haired dude who kept giving them the dailies. Aaron. Yeah, the editor. The editor wanted to be the director. And Jack wanted to be the only producer because they know the film's going to do well at this point. It's been set up to do so. Mm-hmm. So that's why they wanted to sabotage it. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry wanted to be Bob. I think they saw what was coming and wanted the glory for it. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't like that they weren't going to get the glory for it. Right. Or they're just fucking haters. I mean, they're old and white. Yeah, that hater shit, bro. Cause, um... And Barry just couldn't see the vision. Well, he's, see, that's Modern, the problem with money Money guys. people need to leave, us, leave creatives alone. Yeah. Oh, I thought you weren't a creative. I'm not. Oh, okay. I just know better. Okay, okay. I okay. just know when to leave creative alone. Like, right. like, you know what? I don't know what's going on. I'm going to just go, let me know when you're getting close to the budget so I can yell at you and get you back down. But other than that, <laughs> right. do what you got to do. Yeah, man. I wish more money people would just take that on. It's like, we get it. You're about the bottom line. You know, maybe you can have some of these conversations if somebody comes to you and wants to extend a budget that you've already set. That's when I'm needed. Right. Other than that, I don't know shit about shit. Right. Yeah. But yeah, on the creative side, man, y'all motherfuckers, man, y'all got to leave it alone because- just looking at Barry Lapidus and Jack Ballard, nothing about them says they can make the Godfather. No, movie. you know, first of all, you're showing. You know what I was saying in those scenes? Did y'all did y'all read the script? Like he's supposed to look like he's, he's nervous and scared. He's gonna have a big turning point. That's yeah, the whole point. That's the it whole has point. to be convincing. <laughs> What's yeah. the whole point? So how are you looking at those dailies, knowing the script, saying that like he's not our leading man? He's playing like a uh, he. He looks like a this or that. Like, oh, he that's, sounds like a good actor to yeah. me. That's what the that's what the sounds material like the is. Point. Yeah. So anyway, but I thought that that was uh, that was seeing that like they stepped up shooting the scene, the restaurant scene in Louis, uh, early mm-hmm. to basically make Pacino look better. And even just, I think that speaks to the the importance of not seeing unfinished products from creatives. God. That's so important. That's a if pet a creative shares something with you before it's done, they love. The dog shit out of you. That's a pet peeve. <laughs> and you're just, man. especially with like the uppers, whoever's going on, they're not supposed to see stuff because they made a great point. It's not colorized. It's not edited. Right. The sound's not done. And as a consumer, again, I think that people who aren't creatives and people who foster the business part and yeah. the business side of creative business mm-hmm. need to understand that you are a consumer. Yep. No matter how close you feel to it, yep. you are just there to consume it. And until it's consumable, yeah. you shouldn't take part in it. Absolutely. And you definitely shouldn't be judging it. Right. Because you don't even know what you're looking at. Yeah. You have no clue what you're looking at. Because like you can look at something like you would have seen that daily and gone, okay, it'll be colored. Oh, we can do this. Okay. That'll be done. And you would have seen it. If I look at it, I'm like, what the fuck? I would have felt like that. What the Mm -hmm. fuck is this shit? It's dark as fuck. I can hear this goddamn cat. That's funny. The burn of the cat. Yo, man. uh, Coppola said something when when the sound guy let him hear the cat purring. Coppola said probably some of the most defecating words we'll that take it out in post. We'll fix it in post. That is like that is like cursing to anybody who is on the post production side of things. Really? Well it's just like I can't say an industry wide sort of thing. I, I'll say amongst like my buddies. If somebody says fix it in, it's like a joke. 
You remember I told you like one of the inside jokes is like if a rapper is like, yo, when I blow, you'll blow. Yeah. Did we talk about that? Yeah. That's one of the inside jokes. Another one is we'll fix it in post. That's like. Something's really fucked up uh, and we're just going to make you fix it. Yeah. Because it's just like, all right, instead of if doing the. you could the, fix it now, you could fix it. So you know you can't. Exactly. Instead of doing the, Now I got to work a miracle. Gotcha. Because, you know, so it's, that's like one of those inside jokes like, oh, we'll fix it in post, huh? And like, like I said, I don't know if that's a, an industry-wide, like hated sort of like terminology, but I, I know just amongst my collective of friends, if we say we'll fix it in post, we're talking shit. <laughs> and maybe it is because even the look on his face was like, this is really bad, but we'll yeah. fix it in post, no big deal. Right. And, <laughs> and, and it makes sense because, you know, they can, they can what they call ADR it, which means like basically have the actor do a voice track in post-production, but that's like time to sound like he did it in the moment. And then they can, because a lot of times what you hear from a sound perspective, like in films, like this, this scene we're watching, for instance, right, in this club, uh, when, when Evans and Ruddy go out to the club, the music and all that shit ain't playing when they're shooting this. Really? Correct. It's not playing. That's all added in post. So, b- because here's the thing. So how are they responding? They're really good actors. I wouldn't know how to respond. Exactly. You have to, and, and, and the crazier part is like, so, okay, the music isn't playing, but also what's not happening is like people are not making noise. So because from a sound perspective, you have to think continuity wise, the sound is concentrated on these people talking and it has to be clean for cutting. For, so people for, are just flailing around. Yeah, not... exactly. And then, and then. Extra sa- should be paid. And then <laughs> they are. Okay. And then sound design comes in and they basically recreate everything to make it feel like it's in here down to like how the how the reverb sounds in the room. So so sound so sound post production is a very big deal. I like never realized team. that till now. I just thought they cleaned it up. Yeah, nah. Cuz cuz you can't I've think, wondered that about music videos sometimes. Music videos there's absolutely no sound that's recorded. It's a, it's that a crazy. Now P, now music like, how videos how do you know where to come in and how you're Sinking like it's just well no 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 it's different with music videos because okay. music vi- because what you hear on a music video is the final track of the music you're not hearing the natural sound so there's a lot of talking that's happening on the music video set. okay like if there's a good director oh god to sync that shit must be hard as fuck um it's a lot easier nowadays like it's 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 fairly easy if you have a camera that records sound it's pretty easy. Like, you know, that's that's pro- that's like editing one on one. If you know Oh, it's like editing a regular YouTube video. Oh, it can be to some degree. Yeah. Just to explain it simply to my feeble brain. Like it's just match the sound match the soundtrack to exactly. the words. Okay. To, to the to the shit that's happening. Okay. Um now what gets tedious is that you have to sync so you do multiple takes in a music video. So mm-hmm. you may do ten takes of one performance scene. Mm-hmm. Every clip that you every time you, you press record on the camera, it creates a new clip, right? Yeah. So you have so the editor has to sync all of those clips, every single one of them to the music track. Oh, that's irritating. So there's like layers in your com- in, in your computer program in your sequence, and you have to like you may sync. But if you edit a music video, guaranteed you know half the lyrics by the time you're done with the song because that's you have annoying. to listen to everything, and it gets it gets very very tedious. But yeah, when when they're recording scenes and like. Uh, you know, big atmospheric situations um, that can be controlled, like restaurants, bars, movie theaters, things like that. It's really quiet. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really quiet, and all all you're hearing is the actors. 
and then sound design builds it all from scratch. Even the background conversation and noise? Yep. Especially the background conversation and noise. Yep. I didn't realize that job was so hard because even just say, without you giving me like a super in-depth of how they do it, that sounds so tedious. Yep. Every time I hear creators talk, I realize how lazy I am. I'm not doing that <laughs> shit. It's a lot. It's a lot that goes into this kind of thing. But now, however, you some people may record it in its natural element. Like if you if say if you didn't get permits for something, you're recording kind of like on the street. Yeah. You can't tell the whole street to shut up, right? Right. I've like always wanted you're on that some too. running gun. You can record it. You know, maybe it works out in post, but if it doesn't, what you may have to do is is do like I was saying before, what they call ADR which is basically like additional sound recording mm -hmm. where you know how they do sound for like, you ever seen behind the scenes stuff of how they do sound for like animated movies? Yep. Where they're like people in studios. Yeah. Touching. Uh, the, I want to do that so bad. I want to be a voice actor, like make those noises so bad. That's so dope, so right? So if you know any voice acting opportunities, let me know. I'm so serious. Uh, okay. Okay. I shall. Um, uh, but, but yeah, they'll bring people into studios like that. They'll play the scene and then the actor has to kind of like, react their voice over the scene so you have to kind of like bring the same intensity that you bought and then they have to like make it work in post where they sync it up and then they create the, that that's if the sound gets too out of control like it's you know you're using a take from take two that sounds one way and then using a take from take five to to make the scene together mm -hmm. right because they a lot of times it's not multi-camera productions you're doing one camera to kind of shoot everything and you're pasting it together mm -hmm. So if things don't have continuity or if the continuity is like, you can tell it's a difference between the sound here and the sound there, you got to recreate it from scratch. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So it's very tedious. So fix it in post, even though that's a real thing, nobody wants to hear that shit if it can be done right here, right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all because they didn't want to tell Marlon Brando, put the cat down. But it also speaks to Marlon Brando's genius. And I guess certain actors you give that kind of leeway to. Yeah. Either out of fear that they'll act to ass or sometimes they just know like right even the way mark <laughs> you could tell that francis was like what the fuck but him explaining you know what power meant in this situation and how to bring it like just stuff like that you see actors do and i i, I guess i always kind of knew that mm -hmm. right especially about method acting mm. we'll talk we'll get to method acting in a second too okay but <laughs> just seeing francis allow him to bring that yeah and seeing francis respond to the way al pacino reached behind the toilet Yes. Right. Like little stuff like that was, is really cool to see. Just stuff that as a normal person or person outside of filmmaking. Yeah. You don't recognize that. Like, and that's the importance of a director. A director isn't just there to guide you through it. It's like. Right. You need this to be as great as you possibly can. So. Yeah. They got to make sure to bring this out of you. They got to know how to motivate you. Yeah. Yeah. Not very. That. that or even set you up for success. Not even motivation. Yeah, right. Like. True, true. That scene was good because. Al Pacino looked confused. Yes. But you didn't know that confusion was real. Yeah. He was supposed to be afraid that he didn't bring the gun. Right. But he didn't know that. So it really was, oh, oh shit, is it here? Right. Like, that's fire. That is fire. That's brilliant on Francis's part because that does add to the transformation. Because mm -hmm. you see him like, fuck, it's going to fuck. I'm, I'm about to fuck up. Mm -hmm. And we think it's just he's about to fuck up the shooting. Yeah. He thought he was about to fuck up he, the shot. He's about to lose his job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And he carried that. And that that is a mark. You're, you're absolutely right, Six. It's a mark of brilliance on on Coppola's part for sure. That, um, being, being the, basically, you know, the 
the magician here. Yeah, just you know, to see that one thing. It's like, oh, he reached right and put it to the left. And even with the Luca Brazzi thing, right? That was genius. So Absolutely. genius. And it, it shows that he is capable of pivoting yes. when he's not being a jerk. Right. <laughs> and also, you can only do that kind of pivoting when you're very prepared. Yeah. That you have to be immensely prepared or know your material to make a choice like that on the spot. Yeah. And it, for it to be good. Yeah, for it to be good. The right one. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine Luca Brazzi any other way. Right. Like, I'd imagine if he had memorized that line, it wouldn't have come off the same. Nah, it wouldn't have. Michael couldn't couldn't have told the same story. It wouldn't have hit the same. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's, that's... I'm glad that they showed that in, in juxtaposition to how much of an asshole he was being. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the conversation that he was having with, you know... With Gordo. Well, yeah, with Gordon Willis about, about the lighting and all of that. It's crazy. It was annoying to watch. Yeah. And first and foremost... It's like, why was, are y'all carrying on? It's unprofessional. You, you don't do all of that. And you guys are like the floor generals, man. You yeah. can't do that in front of the whole crew. Yeah. Because everybody on that crew is answering to the both of you, right? You know, f- to make this movie. The lighting person's that important? Well, he's the DP. He's the director okay. of photography. Okay. So, so... I need to get clarification on that because like- I know that DPs are important. We've talked about that before. So right. yeah, that makes more sense. But he was just kind of like, you know lighting. You don't know. That's kind of, he kind of diminished the role of a DP by yeah. saying that. Like it's it's a little bit bigger than that. That's what was, that was annoying me about Coppola. Like I don't, I never like to hear about directors that are like that big of assholes to their crew. Yeah. However, at the same time, I think Gordon Willis as a DP, you gotta you have to understand that like he is in the hierarchy in the chain. He is your authority. He is your authority figure. You know Sometimes what I mean? Sometimes you niggas be wrong, though. Yeah, that well, I don't consider myself a director. So no, I'm just I was yeah. just a proverbial you niggas. Oh, got it, got it, got it. And we say nigga, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, but they for they for sure shouldn't have been having that conversation in front of everybody like that. Like that's that's one of those. You know, pull into the hallway and talk to you, sort of thing. Yeah, mm. but but it's crazy to see that they there was a skirmish behind it because the lighting in The Godfather is a character. Is a character. Yeah. So Francis was right. Francis was right. Like unless it was fixed in post. No, there's something stuff like that. <laughs> it is hard to fix in post. <laughs> they, but but there's probably some sort of a compromise, like you know. Um, but I think that that also speaks to people's ability to trust, right? Like yeah. Gordon didn't know Francis was right, and he didn't know that he w- should have known Francis was right. Yeah, was Francis a prolific a prolific director before this? I think at this point, I don't I don't think he was. Th- uh, no, I don't think the legend of Francis was as big as it is now. That's what I'm saying. So like, well, yeah. Francis knew how good he was. Yeah, Ruddy knew. Right. But sometimes you have to give people space to realize that. That's true. And be gentle when you're explaining to them. Yeah, he still needs to do what you said. Yeah. But there's a way to be like, look, bro, just just trust me. Yeah. Right, like you'd say, if it's bad, I'll take the heat. But like, you know, I talked about earlier being having feelings for characters that mm-hmm. I shouldn't. Yeah, that's why I wanted to stop watching that scene right there. I was like, I don't want to fucking watch this episode anymore. This is oh, annoying wow. the fuck out of me. Oh wow, okay, yeah, and stuff like that. When I watch TV, I'm like, this is annoying as shit. I don't want to watch this. Jeez, okay, I'm yeah. not mad at you. Out of curiosity, as a consumer though, when you sit down and you watch a movie, do you care about the lighting or is it more about the actors? As a consumer, I only notice if it's too dark or if it's too... I only notice something's wrong with it, I okay. guess. And I guess that's the mark of good lighting. I shouldn't notice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I. That's, that's funny you say that. I think the if you ask most DPs, at least the really good ones, the people like Roger Deakins or, you know, the most DPs, 
they they don't feel like their job was effective if you noticed anything. Yeah. Like their job is to make sure that is that is a smooth experience. Yeah. You know, so that's that's actually interesting to hear you say that. So to me, that's how I judge that argument is like. You know, it may have sounded like Francis was being egotistical, but at the, what he was basically taking in consideration is the end user of the product. Yeah. You know, you're talking about marks and lighting and all this other shit. I'm talking about character. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to take in consideration. If, yeah, if it's too, maybe at this port, at this particular point in time, if it was too dark, maybe, but like, that's kind of, he, this movie kind of set a trend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of shit is dark now. Yeah. If, if, if you, if you notice. Look at Quentin Tarantino. That jerk. So, so, you know, at the end of the day, Francis was right. Um, they just should have handled it different. Yeah. Um, okay. They bought out an Easter egg that was uh, a little tidbit that has always been sort of like hearsay, like mythology about Marlon Brando having lines uh, lines like on people on people on things that are on set because he was notorious for not remembering his lines um to be that good on the fly is crazy that's wild that's yes. wild so, there was never a time he was unconvincing yeah that's very true like Sunny. i couldn't tell you shit else that marlon brando was in yeah i told he you the, the godfather the superman jump he's the godfather yeah that's a fact but yeah man so so they kind of basically revealed that that's real Sonny was wearing the whole fucking That's the whole crazy. scene. The whole fucking scene, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like around his waist. Um uh, uh, It also makes me wonder how much of Marlon Brando's work was improv then. Sounds like a lot. Or maybe not improv, but like sort Artistic of Artistic like, license. Yeah, maybe that's a better way of saying it. Because the stuff was there, but you kind of gotta move. With what feels right, if you don't remember. Yeah, it was like instinctual. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not going to take in what I think it's supposed to be. I know the character. Here are the lines. Because I'm him, I know how this is supposed to feel. So what does it say to me to say as this person? Yeah. yeah. It, because he clearly knew the Don inside and out. He. It looks like he. the Don is who the Don is because of him. That's what it really looks like. Like, down to his injured mouth and and the sound of his voice yeah. like learning that wasn't marlon brando's actual voice blew my mind because mm. again I, he's the godfather to me so like i've never seen him anything else yeah so to realize that's not how he actually spoke crazy to me well it's not far from how he sounds right but it's not yeah i got you um i got you down to adding the prosthetics in his mouth yeah so it, it, it down to the cat right that was a that has been mocked over and over in TV, in right. movies and TV. So just, and it's a stray. Like it wasn't even like a cat he's attached to. <laughs> right. He's like, no, the Don has a cat. So right, cat. yeah. Like so, it sounds like the Don wasn't Francis doing. That's a good point. So that's a very, very good point. You know, but, but you know, so yeah. In that case, that's like a big kudos to to Marlon Brando for bringing that. But then also a big kudos to Coppola for giving him the space to do it. Right. Yeah, but to that same effort, that's because he had already proven himself Marlon Brando, and Coppola probably should have given himself space to prove he was Coppola yeah. without being a dick. Because Marlon Brando never yelled at nobody. He was like, "No, no, we're gonna do this." Yeah. Next, like I know, no, 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 no. I'm letting you know. Right. And this isn't like a conversation. Like if you want to respond, great, but yeah. this is actually how it's gonna work. Right. So. <laughs> well, and it's cool. It's cool because Marlon Brando kind of he he said that very like in a very efficient way. Uh, towards the the end of the mm -hmm. episode where he was like, 
oh, I'm not worried about production as long as Francis is at the helm. It's yep. Everything else is just white noise. Yep. So that speaks. I I would imagine being, you know, Coppola, who's probably late 30s, maybe early 40s when he makes this. No, that no, it's probably more in the 30s because I'm thinking of the timeline. That was like 50 years ago, and he's yeah, he's I think he's in his 80s now. So yeah, so he's you're in your 30s, which is probably like. That's still infantile for like filmmaker, mm-hmm. right? To have arguably the greatest actor on the planet at this time, yeah. basically saying that like I have no qualms about production because he is a true floor general. Yep, that's huge, man. That's yeah. a confidence booster. I bet that's like Denzel being like, "Imagine, hey, you got it, bro. Just tell me what to do." You know? Well, excuse me, say what? All right. You right. sure? Like you should be telling. You could tell me if you'd like exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's beautiful. But it feels like Al Pacino came into that too. Cause that scene with Bloodhorn, I was like, is he about to hit this man? Man, yeah. I Bloodhorn it, looked a little nervous. He was like, I should back up off you, huh? But but you know what though? That was probably a little bit of character and then a little bit of real life because it's like you want to you want to fire me, yeah. motherfucker. Like yeah. we not buddies. Yeah, I'll fucking <laughs> yeah. pop your ass. I'll I'm take still this... Michael Corleone for the next five minutes. Back up off me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and so yeah. And I think you actually bought that up, that that was the scene that you had heard, that that was the scene where they they felt like Michael really yeah. made his made his bones. So kudos to you, because I didn't realize that that was, that was the scene that made them say, you know. He's ready. He's ready until, yeah. you, until you said that. Yeah. So that's really dope. Um, uh, okay. Uh so Ruddy and Evans go out and they meet this girl Rosie, the who's basically a designer for that club, right? She feel funny. One of two ways. Okay. Either she's gonna join the set and it's gonna be amazing and okay. act as a, a liaison between Gordon and Francis, or she just feel funny. I don't think we see her ever again. Okay. Yeah, I think that I, buy that. I, I feel like she was bought in I because I don't even know if she's real, right? But I yeah. feel like she was bought in. To answer an age-old question, it's funny. I was literally just having this conversation yesterday with somebody about what a producer does. Gotcha. Um, that that is like, and that, the name of the episode is Mister Producer, so maybe. Yeah, that I got to tell you, as somebody who produces film, especially like in this area, that is the number one. So, uh, everywhere I go, somebody's trying to cut me out of the equation because they they just don't get it. So, a project manager and a producer are the same thing. Yeah. People ask what I do. I'd say I herd cats. Exactly. I herd cats I for a living. Fucking herd cats, herd tigers for a living. <laughs> yeah. You manage you're managing egos. You're, you know, you're trying to say and do whatever you can, of course, with the aim of integrity mm-hmm. to make sure shit gets across the finish line. But deception is not is not beyond it's not your off the table. It's not off the table. No. You you gotta, you know, your your loyalty is to the product. It's quite Machiavellian. Yeah. You <laughs> know, ends. you you gotta you gotta pull a lot of fucking tricks man so i was glad that like they had that conversation because you know she legitimately didn't know surrogate i like it there you go yep audience surrogate so uh, so through her we were definitely able to see a little bit more of why ruddy is important Mm -hmm. because as soon as she came to the set ruddy everybody needed ruddy's attention yeah ruddy i need you ready you know it was a it was a very busy day inside that restaurant man and um and you know i mean he's having meetings inside of this Fucking narrow ass bathroom, right. trying to figure out where the daily leaks are coming from. You know, trying to figure out uh, fighting. Aram looked dirty. 
Yeah, he do is the hair unkempt. It's the must the porn stash, all of it. The really porn bad. stash for sure. The bags under his eyes. That's, that's the deuce right there for sure. Like, but you know, you're you're juggling you're juggling these wannabe producers that are trying to sabotage your film. You're juggling the financier of the entire project not being convinced about who your actor is. Mm-hmm. You're juggling your director and your DP basically fucking being at odds, having a pissing contest right there on yeah. set all day every day. You're juggling the restaurant owner that wants you out of his fucking restaurant because he doesn't care about this movie shit. Yeah. He serve, he serves his community. You know, uh, like your ju- Joe Colombo wants to see you for the last supper. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> that was wild. But you're juggling all these things and there's no, there's n- like when people watch movies, they don't think conceptually that all these issues exist like, right uh, that's the point right you know but shit is all real man i feel the same when i talk to stakeholders like oh yeah we need a b and c and do we need all these project managers i'm thinking take one of them off if you want to yeah see take what happens now let's extend your timeline yeah. by three months because what are you talking about <laughs> yeah well what are you guys doing we're making sure everyone else is okay yeah that's an that's an important job it's but, very valuable so i get it yeah i get it i didn't have questions about it maybe that's why i didn't pick that up Got but it. only because I project manage, so I get no one knows what we do, but we have to be around. Yeah. Very <laughs> you'll, know, you'll know what I do when I stop doing it. That's a fact. <laughs> like, That's a fact. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's it's, it's vicious. Because like like I said, man, in, in my world, everybody's looking to cut you out, man. I mean, it sounds like in your world too, but. Yeah, yeah which every, is crazy because I'm showing you everything that you need and you're saying, well, how can we cut down on project managers? What? Yeah. You know, you're having this meeting with a project manager. Yeah. Like, who do you think is going to update you? Yeah. They don't know. They, they you, Go try to talk to one of these guys. That, They're so that fucking, don't know how to talk to you. Listen to me. A subject matter expert is really good. That We call them SMEs. Okay. So a SME is really good at whatever they do, right? I imagine it's the same as a DP who can only see lighting. Right. The same as a prop person who only cares about getting the money right. for this realistic head, right? And then there's people like Reddy who go, all right, I have to bring it this way. I have to dress it up this way. Give you this. Give you that. Hey, you two stop fighting. Go to your corners. Like that's like you're saying. That's really important. Yeah, so yeah. let me send the prop guy to talk to you. Uh, yeah. You gonna How get is that going to help you? Uh, uh, imagine, imagine Gordon Willis going and talking to Bloodhorn. How is that going to help you? Yeah. He's sitting here throwing chairs around, yelling and screaming. Even on, even on his calmest, he doesn't know shit about anything but lighting. And he's That's supposed it. to. That's why I have him. That's, That's it. That's why I told you I needed him. He's a fucking technician. And he's great at it. And he's great at it. Just, you know. But, but you don't want to talk to him. You don't. You just don't. <laughs> Trust me. I get tired of talking to these sneeze. Uh. They annoy me. You you walking up talking to Pacino like that, nigga. That's an actor in character, man. Relax. He we, might punch you, and yeah. I can't even about it because in his mind right now, this nigga's Michael Corleone. We asked him to be this person for the next three months. Relax. Yeah, he's that person. Right. <laughs> like so, yeah, man. These these money people need buffers. Uh, these and you, that's where we come in. Yeah, we're we're the centrist, man. Yeah. Um, and it's necessary, completely necessary. I could be a producer. You, you absolutely <laughs> she said could. foolishly. As if she no, could just you absolutely could. If you project manage, you absolutely, you really don't. Now, I choose to have technical knowledge because I've, there was one point in my career where I managed graphic designers mm-hmm. and web designers and I web remember, developers. Yeah. And because I didn't know any of this shit, they used to put me in a fucking technical tornado, bro. Yeah. They would just talk technically to me, not getting shit done because they naturally are fucking procrastinators. 
not getting shit done. Yes, they are. And then I don't know how to relay. I don't know how to like how really to judge check. their timing. Exactly. So you got to know enough to fuck shit up, but also enough to understand. So that's what that's my strength as a producer is that there's nobody on this set that can bullshit me because I've done everybody's job. It really is like project manager. As a project manager, you do want to have been a SME in something before. You want to know enough yeah. to know what people are talking about. Yes. But not enough to do their job as well. Right. Like I should be able to do it, but I shouldn't be able to be efficient at it. Yeah. Yeah. See, well, my rule is. But you are good enough to be efficient. That's the difference with you. Yeah. For real. Uh, in, in most positions, there's some There's some where it's like, I could get the job done, but I'm not the best. Most of them, I'm not the best for the job. Mm -hmm. Like, editor is the only place where I'll be like, yo, editor and sound are probably the two places where I'm like, nah, you better come correct because I'll fuck your shit up. I'll get you out of here and keep that check. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Like, for real, for real. Yeah. But everything else, like, I can get it done, but I, I'd prefer for somebody else to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but the way that I choose to produce, like my my whole mantra is, if somebody drops the ball, I need to be able to pick it up seamlessly. Right. You know, so if I have to fire somebody from something, I got to be able to do their job. Like we don't have time to look for somebody else. Yeah. Right now, I'll pick it up until that somebody else comes. Yeah. You know, um, and that and that's kind of just my mantra, man. Also, producing and project, you're, they are the same thing. You're very much the same yeah. thing. You, you you would probably be a very efficient producer. You think so? I, I I know so. Uh, all you would have to do, you would just because a lot of these. Okay, I have a lot of learning to do. I feel like that would be a curve. Uh, yeah, a but huge I, curve. you're not above it. Like no, I'm not. Yeah, you would you would take it in like a champ. Pause. I'm going to set with you next time. Anytime you're invited. Anytime. Man. Are you being serious? I'm dead ass. I would serious. love to look go to yeah. that seriously. As long as there's, I'm not in a place that has like a, a like an attendance. Yeah, like some people just have like. A, yeah, attendance, you know, we can only have this many people in a thing. Oh, uh, gotcha. As long as it's not a situation like that, absolutely, man. Let me know. I, I will definitely make time I'm, for that. I'm looking, I need, I effectively need more, like, producers. Worth it. That's my problem is that, like, I, I'm good at building everybody else's team, but I don't have, like, an efficient. Co-producer. Producing team. Like, like. I'll be your apprentice, I swear. And I'm being serious. We can talk about this off mic. Yeah. I'm serious. That's good. And, and the funny part is I've been trying because I, I I purposely want like women producers with me because you guys are like way more like organized and producing is is a very organized, you know. I live my life out of a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's a it's a very <laughs> organized dilemma, man. And I actually have identified Two women that I really like working with that I I want to I want to build with, mm -hmm. but I'd love to have a third man because yeah. there's things like there's line producers which are the people that like. All right, so when somebody makes a budget, it's all line items, right? The line mm -hmm. items in the budget, it, and the line producer is kind of is responsible for bringing in these items on the budget that that they projected. Oh, I definitely do that. Yeah, that's not really technical at all. Yeah, that's just that's relationships. You know, that's seeing the job through. Like there's line producers. You know, the, I'm a, I'm more of a technical producer. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to be on set. You know, all of that. But yeah, line producers, production managers, like there, there's all different skill sets with production. I love adding commas after my name. So yes, please, we'll all talk right. about it later. For sure, let's talk about that. Um. So. So yeah, so I thought the Rosie thing was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and she got a chance to see what he does. Rosie was fine. I'm sorry. She Rosie was very was pretty. Very pretty woman. <sighs> Um, and I, and, but I like the whole, like, I do like the fact that like she was an artist, so she understood art. Yeah. You know, she uh, like, 
you, you know, they, they weren't quite the same. I but think, she, she, but again, she he found a woman who got it, and yeah, again, it, it's possible. It's possible, and it's not just Betty. Like there are women who you're interested in. Yeah, I'm. Ho- I was hoping she would come back. Like she, I was hoping to see a spin where she ends up working on the movie. She may, especially I, after the arguments between Gordon and Francis. Yeah, she may. I mean, she she really may. Um, but it makes sense her being the audience surrogate so asking that question too. Yeah, I, another really good conversation came out of her being on set. It was a real quick conversation that she had with Betty. What does Betty do? Yeah, yeah. and it sounds she's like Betty's a producer. Yeah, you know. So basically, she was like, "I manage shit." Sound like you do what Ruddy does? Yeah, but he just gets paid way more money. Yeah, but I think that was not the initial intention, right? She's supposed to be an assistant, right? But Ruddy just entrusted her with so much. That's true. And it sounds like after this, she became Betty. Yeah, I think I think her legend was made. Yeah, I, I I know she passed away, but I think she was. Um, I want to say she was like an agent. She did something in the industry. I, I hope so. I hope relationships yeah. was something she was really good at. I hope she got to put that to to use. Right, right. And get paid for it well. Yeah, I, it, you know, obviously I had taken that conversation and and you know just kind of dissected like sort of like a gender pay thing. Yep. That where, you know like we do the same thing, but he gets paid more. But, yep. But you brought out a good point. She didn't start off as she started off as an assistant. That's what she was supposed to be. And Ruddy was like, I have no yeah. idea. No, yeah. please help. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, uh, you know, I hope that Betty got her just due when she left that set. Does Betty like Lenny now and not Charlie anymore? She never liked Charlie. I think that she did. I, I think she's too smart to get in bed with the big wig. I don't know about getting in bed with her, like creating a real relationship, right. but she had an affection for him. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Do you think it's it's pointed towards Lenny now? Because she was like blowing off Charlie to go talk to Lenny. <sighs> yeah. Well, it was, well, it was because they had to go get the horse's head. Yeah, but she didn't know they were going to get a horse's head. Yeah, yeah, she did. You, you think so? Yeah. Okay. I, because she was tasked with getting the head. Pause. Okay. You know yeah, what I'm that's saying? A big plus. Um, <laughs> she got the head all right. <laughs> you know, you're right. Because I was thinking maybe she went yeah. to go talk to Lenny, but I can't imagine Lenny. Well, no, he could probably thought it was a gift. Yeah. The way he was, to me, that's how that read. Okay. Lenny maybe have asked her to come meet him somewhere to apologize. Okay. And that was a gift that he gave her to solve a problem. But you're probably right as to they knew they were going. Yeah, because how would he know that she needed a horse's head? Well, he's around. He yeah. was okay. he's around for the conversations that you know. I don't and know. Ruddy started to lean into using mob help. Okay. That was okay. the first time we saw that too. Okay. Him leaning into it. Okay. Yeah, he he definitely brought him in for the locations thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean it, it could go either way. Do I do think I, you're right. I don't think I'm right at all. Well, but I do think she does I I think she had a real affection for him until he whooped that guy's ass. Yeah. I and cause what I'm getting is that her her marriage was probably abusive. Yeah. Her so, ex abusive, so so that, she she reacted. Speaking of Goodfellas, she reacted completely opposite of how Karen reacted when when Henry beat those guys face in with the guns. You know, Karen was like, "It kind of turned me on." Um, it's the mark of a psycho woman. Yeah, I tell women all the time, y'all be asking men to fight for you is because you've never seen two men fight. Yeah, <laughs> like that shit is not attractive. It's yeah, terrifying. It's terrifying. People can die behind that shit. People Dude, hearing die for fist less. hit flesh. Is a gross sound. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like it is. So yeah. So I think maybe she. There was a lot more that a lot more to do. A lot more that she wanted to happen in that relationship. Um, until she saw that, she probably 
knew that like I have to keep this somewhat at a distance. This guy really is a gangster. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, she doesn't seem like she wants that life. She's not that lady. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we kind of talked about it, but we didn't give it like uh we didn't go all the way in with it with like um Coppola talking to Pacino in that bathroom and like what he had to do to get him. You know, how he really laid it out for him. Directors are amazing because I'm not doing all that. Yeah. Can you do your job? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess seeing potential is important. It is. That's irritating. Yeah. Sometimes you got to mold the clay. I, there's, it's funny, man. There's like an Alfred Hitchcock quote where uh, apparently like an actor asked him, what's his motivation for this particular scene? He was like, your paycheck. Period. <laughs> you know, like Alfred Hitchcock, they say he was an asshole to work with. Like, and like him and like Stanley Kubrick, some of those Stanley guys. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick gave us like The Shining. He gave us. Uh, you got to be a sick motherfucker to make any of the movies that Hitchcock or he made. Yeah, he gave us Space Odyssey two thousand and one. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, he was an ass. Yeah. Never heard of him, but I know that he was. He was notorious for doing like a hundred takes on a on a shot. Like he would he would do like it was such a waste of film and time. Yeah, so he has this. There was this notorious. And who has to go through all that, all those takes, you know? Yeah, he he was he was burning actors out. So like you know, I think his final film that he did was Eyes Wide Shut with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So there he there was an infamous contract that he did with them, where he he paid them both twenty million to do the film, but it was an open ended contract. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna pay you twenty million, but there is no like. I can get you for as long as I want to, to, you know, if I need to call you back to, to, to England to do this, we're, you're coming back. So, yeah. So to do eyes wide shut, Kidman and Cruz both got 20 million, but, uh, but Kubrick had their way, had his way with them. Fuck no. Yeah. And he's notorious for doing like, like no less than like 50 takes on a scene. Jesus God. Yeah, man. So his movies take like years to do. Were I think, they even good? Because The Shining wasn't good. <sighs> No, I love The Shining. I love The Shining. I love Space Odyssey. The Shining is not... People calling The Shining a scary movie are... It's not. It's just not. Like, maybe it's just when it came out it was. But again, I might be a victim of retro-watching it. Yeah, recency bias, maybe. Because it's just not scary. I I get you. I get you. It's not scary It's weird, if anything, but... It's very psychological. Like, it's not it's, even the, again recency bias. I have seen things like The Bone Collector or like that movie. Have you seen that movie? Please don't May? say The Bone Collector. I didn't mean that. Okay. Have you seen that movie May? May no. There's a movie called May. Okay. Um, I guess it's an indie movie maybe because most people have not. Uh-huh. But it's about this girl. She's and she's nuts. Does she like cut people's fingers off and shit? Like that's that's why I thought Bone Collector. Oh. But it. Google this movie called May. May. Okay. White girl in it with like pigtails will be like the the cover of it. That is the most psychological thriller I've ever seen. I st- I've seen that movie one time, uh-huh. maybe over 10 years ago. Okay. I still have nightmares about that movie, and I'm not being oh. dramatic. Is it, um, is it, do you know if it's a foreign film? I don't think so. Okay. I don't for- recall any accents being in it. I don't recall. Interesting. I, I believe it was supposed to be somewhere in America. I'm yeah. A, I'm going to look this up and watch it. Yeah. Like I think psychologically, maybe the film that's done the most psychologically to me is this movie called Antichrist by Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier, um, he's like a 
damn, where's Lars Van Trier from? I think he's from like uh, Norway. One of those like East Euro- Eastern European countries. Um, but basically it's about, it's got the got Willem Dafoe in it and Charlotte Gainsbourg. And basically- Anything with Willem <clears throat> Dafoe is terrifying. He's off Even on chain. accident. Basically what happens is the movie opens up with Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg having sex. They're fucking. And what happens is they, they have like a two-year-old son that falls out of a window. But she's watching it. She didn't stop it because she was having an orgasm. Right? So the child falls out the window, dies. She basically goes into like this psychological, you know, she basically like goes into a depression. But her husband is a psychologist. And he's like, yo, he comes up with this this whole idea to like, let's go into the middle of a cab, like a middle of the woods at, in this cabin so you can face all of your fears and like purge them and become better. And all hell breaks loose. Clearly, I don't, I, I've never seen it. And I know yeah. that nothing happens in the middle of nowhere with your thoughts. There is a scene, I'm just going to say this just to set the tone. There's a scene where she takes a rusty pair of scissors and cuts off her own clit. The movie is like... <laughs> Is very graphic. You know how sensitive your clitoris. She cuts off her clit with a pair of rusty scissors, because basically, like she's blaming her vagina for letting the baby. Yes, it's a very like. Don't want to watch that. If I have to say, like, and I'll I'll be frank, this movie is very like it's through the lens of like a man wrote this and directed it, so he's very much getting his shit off, probably about how he feels about women, some women in his life. It's clearly misogynistic. Like the tone of it is like, is very like women are evil sort of thing. It leans into that very hard. At least he didn't become like, you know, a mass murderer. Sometimes they become that. You're just making a weird movie. He kept it on celluloid. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it's a very disturbing film. There's a couple of things in there that happened to a man, private parts that I'm just like, I don't need to ever see this again. But it's a it's a really good movie. (laughs) Like if you put it on now, I would watch it with one eye open waiting for like the parts. But May came out in 2002. Okay, so I need to look this I just double-checked to make sure I wasn't losing my shit about the name of it. It is. It is the movie I thought it was, so yeah. 2002. Got it's, it. Oh, God. Yeah. Certain movies, and usually with the quiet white girl, mm-hmm. with the weird quiet white girl, usually them movies will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Like them being weird and awkward and socially awkward and like super skinny and pale and shit. Got it. They're usually never up to anything good. right right so yeah may i still have nightmares on that movie wow i I need to see it just to see if like like there's times i've woken up and checked and counted my fingers from watching that movie it's like that yes oh fam okay and i'm also admittedly pretty frail right when it comes to horror films got it but also this wasn't completely scary it was just kind of the i you have to watch it she was obsessed with this guy and he had nice hands Huh. And it was his, his hands that she became obsessed with. Huh. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Okay, you got me interested. Yeah. Um. When uh. So to see that the inside of the Don's office was a studio set, I'm gonna tell you, I I still get amazed by that. Yeah. Like like studio sets that look absolutely fucking real. Yeah. That is some amazing construction and carpentry that goes I into that. Because I that was in the house. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Until I saw this shit. But I guess it makes more sense. The guy didn't even really want you there. Yeah. So shoot your two days outside and leave. So that's it. But yeah, man, it's it's always amazing to me when I see these studio sets. And I thought it was pretty cool watching Ruddy basically at the Don's table 
yeah. handling requests like Vito. Yeah. You know. There's lots of little callbacks like that. Yeah. I yeah. like it. They they do so much in the behind the scenes that they never have to really even show a scene being filmed. No. Right? Like we didn't see Michael shoot McCluskey. We didn't nope. see the, you know, it was all reactions. And, right. You know, like we I guess there's Hopla through the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cut. It, they're smart enough to know that like We've seen Godfather. We've We're seen not here this. for that. Right. Yeah. I, that's a delicate tightrope. We're here to find out how Luca Brazzi got his job. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like dope. That. And even and us even watching him practice, it's so it's like the it's like the you, you know the term meta. Like it's yes. so it's so meta. It is. It's like meta. the metaverse, bro. Yeah. Like this whole shit. It is shit. very meta. You know, because it's like the way he's practicing is the way that they are going to film it. So it's like in essence, we saw the scene, but we didn't see the yeah. scene. Yeah. Shit is really crazy, man. And but again, I just want to repeat that was so important because Michael could not have told the same story. It would not have meant as much. It probably wouldn't have read as terrifying as it did. Right. Like it made not only the dawn, it made the dawn seem menacing, right? Because you look at Luca Brasi, it's like you shouldn't be scared of shit. Right. Your little granddaddy ass daddy is putting the fear of God in this man. Yeah. That's crazy. That lets you see the power, though. Yeah. In the respect. And the power never announces itself. Oh man, that's such a bar. Yeah, power. You never talk about it. Do you feel like that was a shot at Joe Colombo or no pun intended? Was that a shot at Joe Colombo and basically saying Gambino was the one with the real power? I think so. Okay. Well, also, I knew it was a kiss of death when it happened. Oh, of course. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, just the way that Gambino was responding to him. It was too easy. With the money. Yeah. yeah. The double kisses. Yeah. It, it was It was right there. Yeah. Um. And he already told him, Don't control do your pet or give it to me. Right. So. Right. And of course, it's in a black guy to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it makes it put buffers. It starts the war you're not worried about, right? Yeah. That way it's not internal. So, yeah. There I you guess. go. Um, but yeah, so basically, Luca Brazzi was a real gangster. I tell you, he acted his ass off when he got choked, though. Yes, he like did. Like that scene where he got <laughs> and the tongue hanging out. So, he should have got an Academy Award for that just for being a real gangster. You're dragging it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we loved Luca though. Yeah, like, uh, like Luca he was, was a cool. sweet dummy. Yeah. Oh. We all know a doof like that, right? Who you got to call when something goes left, but you don't, you know, right? You don't trust him much, but shit got to get done. He's the person that gets it done. Mm-hmm. I want a director share so bad. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. You want Christmas to make it six happen on that? Who, yes. Me? Yes. You. Me make it happen on Christmas. Yes. Yo, listeners, make it happen on Christmas. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> y'all should get her a chair that says "Yo, six likes to argue." <laughs> That's a joke. Only I can joke like that, Six. We got to start recording the show so you can see the deathly stares I give this man. All right. Um, What else happened on this jump, jump? Uh, so Evans fired Ballard, which was very fucking gratifying. Yeah. I wonder how long that's going to stick, though. Like, is, are they That's like, what they got the blessing about. Yeah. So it, it sticks. So it sticks. Yeah. Because yeah. at first you think it's about the horse head. Right. Then you realize it's not the horse head. It's the firing these two fuckers. Firing these two fuckers. Um, so can we talk about Allie for a second? I was about to say, I feel like I know you're not gonna skip Allie and her vindication. Yeah. All right. Um I made it clear last episode that I felt like she was selfish. Mm -hmm. Now, I do understand you made a very good case that like she was being put second. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. She absolutely was. Um but to me, I was looking through at like the request as in like I, 
I was just reading that there was like a there was a sense of there was there was a sense of expectation that she seemed like she carried a lot, right? Okay. Yeah. There's a sense of expectation that it seemed basically to me this episode proved to me that she was selfish. I would like to hear your point of view on this. Her basically, your man, you're mad that your man made some business decisions. I'm gonna say this in the word of Neo, in the words of Neo, what I did was whack, but you don't get a nigga back like that, okay? A couple things. Okay, let's go. We're gonna start with a question. Okay. And I'm not gonna be jerky about asking it. Okay. Is it not fair to have expectations in a relationship? I think it's I think it's fair to have expectations, but I think it's also fair to understand that like some things are gonna get met and some things are not gonna get met. Is it fair? To know what you're comfortable, which expectations you're comfortable being met and not being met. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's and human you get, to and you get to be like, hey, not for me if you can't meet these. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cool. All right. So let's just clear that up because you're making it seem like she walk around with expectations. Well, nigga, duh. Uh, yeah, you got yeah. expectations of everybody in your life. Uh, yeah. Um, but expectations. They're not unfair expectations as your partner. Yeah. What I, she wanted wasn't unfair. It was just that she couldn't have it from Bob Evans. Right. And that's fine. It, right. But also, I think you're missing the part that when she said she did not hear from that man in two weeks after blowing me off from one of the most important meetings of my career, uh-huh. you broke your promise, didn't come, and then I didn't hear your voice for two weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Treasy, if you don't go to work for two weeks and don't say nothing to nobody, do you have a job when you get back? Um, I mean, I guess that depends. No, it but, doesn't depend. But, it doesn't but, depend on any job that you've yeah. ever had. If you do I not communicate with any job that you have in your life right now. So her relationship's a job. Their relationship's a job? Every relationship you have is a job, yes. I'm not I'm not one of people who thinks, oh, it's not work. No, shit is work. Okay. So, if you don't show, if she quit the job. Right. Right? He quit and she was like, all right, cool. I'm not going to work if you're not working. She's not selfish. She just had... Bob Evans is not her man. She's not selfish. She was fair in everything she was asking. She shouldn't be asking from Bob Evans. And Bob Evans is a dick because he did no work. It, if it takes you two weeks yeah. to even say anything after that, yeah, like what you're saying as a creative person, I guess it's not as for me in my house, absolutely not. Right. But I guess I get it, right? Like this is important to me too. You have to understand if you're going to be here, sometimes you're going to play second fiddle. I don't know what to tell you. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But if you know this upset me this horribly and you had to do this and you don't even attempt to make amends for two weeks. Oh, so it's fuck me, mijo. Heard you, King. All right. So there was no responsibility on her to say, listen, because they're in a committed relationship, right? I don't know if they're in a committed relationship, but it seems like it. I mean. It's also Bob Evans. Yeah. I mean, he. Right. But we haven't seen him cheat. We haven't seen him cheat. Okay. Did we? And then I missed something. I mean, we've seen him party, but we haven't seen him cheat. Okay. Am I wrong? I don't know, so I'm not going to argue. Okay. Okay. I feel like there were times where it was insinuated, but I, but that might just be the feeling I'm supposed to have about Bob Evans. So yeah. I can't recall anything. So I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes either. Okay. Now, if he cheated, this is a whole, this is an entirely different conversation. Mm-hmm. But if he stayed committed to her and her problem is really just that he's not showing up for her. I think he's owed at least a conversation before she jumps off and fucks another person. I, am I wrong in expecting that? Yes. 
Okay. All right. Well, then I, we're going to have to agree to disagree then. Yeah. I think if like if if something that was near and dear to it, it, listen, if if all it took was two weeks for you to just go jump on another dick, then I think Treasy. that you you're see another. again, you're you're isolating that incident. Yes. There is nothing that happens. That's not an isolated incident. Yeah, I get it. But she were, didn't suck that man's dick because he didn't show up because Bob didn't show up for two weeks. That's not why she did that. Well, why she did it? Because there is a pattern of you don't care and you're not going to budge. So if that's so for we've seen three times that it's happened where he simply that I can think of that okay. he did not show up for her. Right. Which means it's a pattern. It didn't happen just those three times. Okay. We've seen Bob be a cad. Do we know if he cheated? No, but we've definitely seen him be a little friendly and handsy. Mm-hmm. His little table at, at that at that restaurant he like has seen a lot of titties. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> Add that to it. You caught a dismissal, Shorty, and be selling her titties off as she's really pretty. Maybe mm-hmm. she's good at acting, but here, like, so all of these things combined. And then this is so important to me, and you know it, and I needed you there, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to be there. And at the final hour, you said, nope, something else more important that ended up working out. Now, I understand that it worked out because you went. But to me, as a non-creative person, because, again, we talked about mm-hmm. creative people, who choose to date, because again, he also chose to date her. Mm-hmm. Choose to date non-creative people have to understand how they are going to see it too. And you have to be willing to meet them somewhere. And sometimes you have to be willing to go to them. The same way you guys always, a lot of times expect them to go to you. Which, that's a relationship. Sometimes we're going to compromise. Sometimes someone has to lose. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. It's fine. However, all of that combined. And then after I say, hey, this is so important to me. There's a huge blow up fight about it. You know that I'm hurt. You don't think to contact me for two weeks no i'm not calling you i'm tired yeah i mean it's not an isolated incident i don't think he expected her to call listen was bob evans wrong absolutely bob evans in essence broke up with her if you don't talk to me for two weeks no. we're not to, if you don't no. uh, treasy i don't know how the relationships in your life have worked but i don't know anyone and I mean it from the depths of my soul down to yeah. the, and I know people in like open relationships, polyamorous ones, all of the versions of relationships. I really do know somebody and everyone. And I'm willing to bet a large sum of money mm-hmm. that if I called any of them, even the open relationships and say, hey, you didn't talk to one of your partners for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Are y'all still together? And they're going to say no. Mm. That's, in, that, that's very interesting to hear. Y'all aren't friends. Y'all are in a committed relationship. Not talking to my friends for two weeks? Sure, two months. Hell. The person whose dick I'm sucking? No, sir. If you living living in the house with? Two weeks, man? Yes, especially. Mm. It's slim. I mean, I hear you. I I'm I'm not listen, I'm not saying any two treasy. Two weeks. Come on, come no, on, come no, on. No, you dragging it. No, no, no. I'm I'm listen, I understand exactly what you're saying. But we're talking about if you were in a committed, a committed relationship, relationship. You're in a committed relationship. Yeah. And you live with someone, mm-hmm. and you did not hear their voice for two weeks. You're not married. Okay. You're just in a relationship. Y'all are still together. Listen. No. Nope. Yes or no. Yes, you're still together That's until crazy. there's a conversation that says we're not together anymore. Well, we didn't have the conversation yet, but we're not together, dog. Like I oh, haven't heard well, if, from you if in if two you, weeks. If you make your decision, if you make your own decision to say I don't want to be with you, that's one thing. That's, that's that's one thing. That's what she said. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, she's that's literally a, she's what a, she said. She, yeah, and she's entitled to feel that way. I, I think it's crazy that you do that without having a conversation. But that's fine if that's how if that's how if that's how it is out in these streets, and that's what it is. Cheesy, you're trying to make it feel like that's something crazy, and it's not. No, it's no, it's it's absolutely. 
you're telling me not having a conversation with somebody you're in a committed relationship with saying, I'm about to go fuck somebody else. You're telling me just two weeks is enough for you to say. For not that, hearing from my partner, yes. they've broken up with me. Yes. If no, I don't hear no. from you, and, yes, They don't have. break up with you until you're broken up Slim. with. Until y'all have the conversation Treasy. that y'all are broken up Treasy. with. You, now, if you're saying that you make that decision Treasy, a couple that you things. think is... In the 70s, communication was not what it is now, right? Let's <laughs> okay. keep it a bit. Okay. So, so maybe he was trying to call and couldn't couldn't reach her. But go ahead, though. He could have, perhaps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is not hearing from your partner for two weeks, there's nothing you're ever going to convince me to say. And it and it's not crazy to think, we're not together if I'm hearing from you in two weeks. I don't care what you say. So... And you just did just make us argue. Say, and now I'm tired because I already think I argue too much. No, I didn't. I'm... I wanted to get a re- because there's going to be a plenty of people that agree with you, and there's going to be if some I people don't that hear agree from you with for two me. weeks. It's clipped, and you clipped it, not me. That's crazy. So like, he needs to send a statement every month, basically saying we're still together. No, you need to show up in your yeah. relationship. Yeah, I mean, was he wrong? He was absolutely. Listen, what he did was whack, but he you re- don't get a yeah. nigga back like that. She wasn't getting him back. Oh, that's. I mean, that's a good point too. She wasn't getting him back. That's a, that's a good point. No, but all I'm saying is that if you make a move like, if you do that, that's that says a lot. If you move like that, that says a lot about you too. No, you have to earn it. He consistently doesn't show up. I he wouldn't consist- say. I wouldn't he say consistently, that. We've seen some incidences where he hasn't shown up. I don't think that this is their entire relationship. Treasy, the show ain't been. Treasy, we're. This is what we're given. I know. I get it. I get it. That's what we're given. We're, that's that's what he trying has to a be. habit and a pattern of yeah. not showing up and of blowing it off. I, I what so he was then, wrong. So then you continue to not show up, and you think that because I love you, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be like, well, he doesn't show up. So no, go to hell. Okay. I I mean that's I'm listen. If that's what you believe, I'm all about. I'm just all about consistency. That's it. Like if that's the rules, if that's the rules, you call rules, out consistency when you're. Um, keep going. When I'm what? Keep going. When I'm what? Nothing. Keep going. No, please tell me when I'm what. That's all. No, that's all. <laughs> I forgot we recorded this conversation. No, I'm listen. I'm not saying this about you. I'm just no, no, saying I don't think this it's about me. Yeah, I'm it's just a deflection for you like, sometimes. Consistency is no, 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 not consistency. But when you say things like, "Well, then it has to be that across the board," it's things aren't always across the board. They're not. Mm. Everything is not consistent. Okay. The way no, it's not. It's not well, a thing. That, that's 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 how I, that's how I find out how solid something is. It's consistency, right? Like if he's not consistently showing up for her, mm-hmm. then that's what you're saying. He's not being consistent in showing up for her, so she has the right to judge and basically say that like, okay, well you made this decision because you're not being consistent. So what is her inconsistency? I'm not saying that she's being inconsistent. I'm saying that that like, I'm saying that like if the shoe was on the other foot. I like I like I don't know it I don't know if she would be okay with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because even if she's not, she has to deal with it. Of course. So this, it doesn't so when people say it like, oh, if I did it to you, but let's say it let's say I'm not cool with it and I've kirk out. Yeah. You cool what you cool with. I'm cool with what I'm cool with. Everything mm-hmm. that I am okay. I'm okay with doing doesn't mean I have to be okay with you doing to me. That's when you talk about reciprocity versus what people need. Yeah, but there has to be okay, but see, in that in that way it starts to feel manipulative then. It's not, right? No, so it's, well, yeah, if you're okay, if you're okay doing something to somebody that you're not okay having done to you, then we start talking about manipulation here. No, we don't. So let's to some degree. First of all, everything manipulation. That's why you do anything. Everything that you do is manipulation, things around you. Period. Okay. Down to eating. Down so, to okay. So yeah. I was right. 
you have you're adding a negative connotation to it. So no, I don't agree with you in that instance. But what okay. I'm saying is, if if I'm dating someone and the way that they choose to process things is by lots of talking and let's get through this and talking about it constantly and beating my face about it, distract me. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what they need. Okay. And I would do that for them because that's what they need. Mm-hmm. When I'm going through something, I want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And you're going to irritate me and make it worse if you show up for me the way that I show up for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not about reciprocity sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not about, am I okay with it? I don't like this. I don't like doing all this talking when I'm going through shit. But you want it. You Not even as you want it. This is what being a partner to you looks like. Mm-hmm. And this is how I show up for you. And this is how I make sure that you feel covered and loved. Mm-hmm. However, it's the opposite for me. Don't do that for me. You're going to irritate me. So that's not manipulation. That's I'm not doing it just to like appease you. Yeah. It's you need this. I need this. Or back to the point of what we're talking about. That's that tip for tat shit. Like when people bring up stuff after you brought up an art, after you start an argument, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Well, if I did it to you, we ain't talking about that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this. Right. And again, you always have the option to say, I would Kirk out if you did that. Okay. Then Kirk out. Like, I don't, you wouldn't like what this to you. No, I wouldn't, but you're not doing it to me. And if you did, I would respond this way. You can respond however you want to. Mm-hmm. That's not manipulation. That's just how people handle and take in things. Okay. You made your point. Okay. You know, and, and, and we, what you're saying is, what you're saying is realistic. You know, I think there's, there's thin lines to all of this. Like, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. You can't, every, every way that you show up, you can't expect someone to show up that way for you because that may not be the style of how they show up. I, I completely agree with that. I think, I think something happens. There's something different when there's a request being made for something, right? Like it's, it just kind of, it just kind of changes the knob a little bit. And this is just, this is just my point of view. This is not like a right or wrong thing. This is my point of view. If you're complaining to somebody about something that you want done for you, but they do it, they haven't made any assertion on how they want things done, but you have shown them that this is what you respond to, right? I respond to people showing up for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, cool. So what you've shown me is that like showing up is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I need you to show up for me and you don't, you've, you're, you've kind of trained me wrong. Like, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I haven't made an. One, when did she not show up for him? I'm, I'm not saying that she did. Well, I, I think, I think um, me personally, I think not being solid. Is not showing up for him in this particular in this We're particular. We're talking instance. about tangible events. Yeah, we uh, yes, not yeah. <laughs> when has she not shown up when he needed her? Because that popping up on her was yeah. about him, not her. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to vindicate Bob Evans at all. I'm just saying that like you can't just smear all the shit on Bob Evans and not say Allie's not a little bit a little bit of an issue too. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a little that's a little one sided. I don't see. I, Normally, you know, I love dragging the women. Yeah. You know, bitches be wrong. Right. I don't agree with all you hoes. Sometimes yeah. you bitches is wrong. Okay. But you, you do that thing you do where you add a bunch of context because life, I never been married. I don't know. Right. But in what I have been given in this show, mm-hmm. Allie been consistent about 
hey, show up. So let me let me ask again, you again, if I don't talk to you for two weeks, we're not together. Right. I'm not cheating anymore. So so okay, cool. So let's say Bob Evans goes back to Cali, changes the locks on her, doesn't give her back none of her shit, burns her shit. You fucking dragging it, dog. Come on. No, no, no. That's stealing. Oh, now that's stealing. Ain't no now. That's the definition of stealing. You kept shit, it ain't yours. What you mean? How you know he ain't buy it? You don't know that he bought it. You see how, you see what you do where you start adding well, shit? Well, this shit is in my house though. I am responsible. But I'm just this is what I'm saying. If she's like, lived there, well, actually, if she's lived there longer than 30 days, that's not his house. That's their house. Ooh, so you can't they, lock me well, out. Well, she's been out of there for two weeks now. And I'm sure it's gonna be a little it's gonna no, be a little no, no, while no. longer. Mail. If she's still receiving mail there, okay. she is a resident. So she's See, that's all I'm saying. It gets a little murky. It gets that's a little murky. murky. And Treasy, that's, a, a that's an extreme reaction. It is. It's a very extreme reaction. That's, react. not, that's uh, to, not murky. To me, to me <laughs> fucking another nigga because no, no. you haven't spoke to someone in two weeks is an extreme reaction. I'm sure as a person who's being who being broken up with, I'm sure it is extreme yeah, to you. I mean, you, but also not talking to somebody for two weeks is an extreme action, Treasy. Like, yeah, please. So, so there was a stre- extreme reaction to an extreme action. So if he does an extreme reaction to an extreme action, sure, then you, you're going to say he's wrong. Eye the whole world. No, I'm going to say he's dragging it. Because now let's let it go. You did your little shit. I did my little shit. Let's let it Big shit, whatever. Not even to diminish anything. Because <laughs> not talking to me for two weeks is a big thing. My feelings hurt. I don't know what to do. Right. I don't like this. I'm feeling all kinds of different ways. And this is how I responded to it because I am single. Listen to me, honey. I'm I am like a job. Three days, no call, no show. You're out of here. I'm gonna mail you your last check. Okay, <laughs> like okay, real shit. Listen what? to me. So no, but if you go home and change the locks, now you just better give me my shit, bro. Yeah, it could be better. I will pull up pull up on you like Ginger. Mm-hmm. And he'll call the cops. And-, and what happened with Ginger Rossi? She got her shit. <laughs> exactly. All right. I mean, she's listen. not acting like Ginger Rothstein, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, because she feels secure in her situation. She on her movie set and no, all of that. No. But when, they, when they call cut, when they call cut, and like it's a wrap on this whole. No, I'm not projecting. I'm just telling you how. I'm just telling you what it is. What is she? What is she going to go back to after this? I don't think that she's broke, bro. But she may not be. I'm not, this is not about this is not about what she has and what she doesn't She's have. She's going to go get an apartment. It's the okay. it's also LA in like the seventies. It wasn't what it is now. Okay. She could probably rent somewhere less than two hundred bucks. <laughs> Do you know who she is? I don't know who half people are, so asking me is not a good measure. Okay. So maybe you don't know who she is, that means something. But I'm sure also she was a young, pretty white girl. She found her next dick. She probably stayed on top in Steve McQueen's lap. I hope that worked out good for her. Even if it didn't, it don't matter. To me, she still went wrong about this particular instance. I don't know anything outside of this show. I'm not responding to anything besides what they showed me. I, yeah, you're right. You love I'm to doing respond a lot. to shit. I am doing a lot. Like, I'm doing a lot. You're I'm, right. We are talking about the show, The Offer. Right. You're right. So what we've seen on the show, The Offer, you're is right. what I'm responding to. <laughs> you're right. You are responding to. You are behaving. You're doing all this in post. <laughs> no, man. you were doing all this post. You funny. Everything you're talking about, we did not see it here. You're right. You're right. I, you know, I, I'll just say this is just be my my button on it. I don't encourage anybody to like it. it it's easy, man. Just just call the nigga and tell him you don't want him no more. It's okay to say that and then carry on with your life. That makes you all that 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 absolves you of all. Sometimes ghosting people is okay. I'm an advocate for ghosting. I don't know okay. if that's good or bad, but okay. Sometimes, but I will say I don't. In this instance, I don't advocate for ghosting because I ghost people that I don't respect. So you have to do something super, super egregious to me mm-hmm. or just have not ever been super important anyway. Mm-hmm. So like we've been talking less than like six weeks. I'll just stop talking. I ain't going to hold you. Mm. Or if you do something like super horrible to me where you no longer deserve my respect, mm-hmm. I'll ghost you because I don't care about your response to it. In this instance, 
sure she could have had a conversation but i think i chalked that up to it being the 70s and if we keep missing each other and you're flying i don't have this call and i'm on set like this is when it happened for all we know she could have planned on going home and having this conversation right again if we're adding stuff into it um but no in this instance in a perfect world yeah she should have had a conversation but she didn't and i'm not blaming her for that either I'm yeah. I mean, I'm. But it's not. It really is not a blame thing for. I know it sounds like it is. It's not a blame. It's just like, to me, it just kind of goes into the quality of person. You know what I'm saying? Is is that some that Treasy wouldn't really, you know, because I because then I start imagining like how easy was it for him to bag you like or, like how easy was that? Like what did he have to say? All he had to do is say, hey, oh, you're crying. Oh, what's wrong? Where's your man? She knew you know, Steve like, McQueen before that. That wasn't a new person to them. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool, man. I ain't tripping on it either way. She ain't my girl, so I ain't worried about that. But it's just interesting. That's all. That's all. Um, I think that might have been the final thing <laughs> that was on my docket. Six. Is there anything else that you, you would like to set me up to get talked about? No, 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 no. Please, it's it's good. It's good, healthy discussion. I promise you, because there's, of course, of course, there's probably going to be more guys that feel like, yeah, I agree with Treasy. Of course, y'all do. And then there's going to be more y'all women might. that say, I agree with Six. Like it's not even a, you got to take the balance, man. Got to take the balance. Argument. This is why. It's not an argument, man. It's a real. It's a real discussion that really needs to be had. That really needed to be had because it has, per, because it has perspectives and and your perspective. Is valuable, you know. So, anyway, man, Colombo got shot. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's not. But I wonder what that's gonna mean for the film. And it's a war outside that no one is safe from. Run, but you can't hide forever. Nowhere to run um, to, baby. I would imagine that because we know production went on, so I guess Gambino picks up and extorts from there, <laughs> like from the, the unions. Maybe when he realizes how much money they're making. Yeah. Or maybe Lenny kind of becomes the buffer and keeps them safe. Well, the Len- Lenny has to fall underneath somebody's family because I guess the, the Gambino family probably gets rolled into if if my understanding of mafia shit is right, right? The Gamb or the, the, the Colombo family is gonna get rolled into the Gambino family because it's already kind of under it. What was the conversation that Joe had with Lenny? Remember? Like what it he said that he needed to be able to do whatever. Did we ever figure out what the rest of that conversation was? Because maybe it's going to manifest next episode what Joe's actual ask was. Mm, I don't rem- The only conversation I remember them having on... You talking about having on this episode? No, no, no. Over the Anapasti. Oh, yeah. I, I can't remember. He said, I, you know, you got to be willing to step up. You got to be willing to do A, B, and C. And then it yeah. became like a music thing. So okay. maybe that manifests next episode as to what that ask was. Mm. Maybe Joe saw... Maybe not this coming, but something of the like. Okay. Because Joe wasn't stupid. He was hardy, but he wasn't stupid. He wasn't, but I don't think he calculated Gambino killing him. Because he was kind of like... Maybe maybe not killing him, but a response and a reaction. I'm sure he had to prepare for that. I don't think he was... I think he told people just about the money just to satiate them and to ease their nerves. I don't think that he believed that. I don't know. because Because... I don't think he expected Gambino to sanction the hit. I think it, he thought that, that maybe the muscle would come, maybe the problem would come from Gallo. And then at that point, you can take it to the commission and say, this guy's got to go. 
you know, but I, I don't know if he calculated. Sure, but I, I think he calculated an issue with Gambino. Okay. I'm sure he accounted for that, that he would have to, he's made a mess. Right. Or if they find out that it was them. Right. I, again, I don't think he knew, like you said, I think you're right about that, him not knowing that Gambino would sanction something. Mm-hmm. But I do think he he accounted for the um, commission being upset about something. Right, right. So I'm interested to see if that ask of Lenny manifest. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, somebody becomes the head of that family. And if, you know, yeah. It's either it's either Gallo's going to become the head of that family and it's going to turn into the Gallo family or it folds under the Gambino crime family. And or they, Columbo's not dead. True to the movie. Another Easter egg. Yeah. They, nah, see, I, I'm hoping that that's what the situation is. Yeah. We'll see. Because I'm trying to think what happened to Gambino. Gambino, Gambino. Is Gambino the one that got killed by, what's the guy's name? Gotti? Did, did Gotti kill the Gambino family? I have no idea. I, I, think, I think John Gotti killed, killed Gambino and then took over the Gambino family. But Fun that, fact. When but I was younger, was I was obsessed with that show called Growing Up Gotti. Really? Yes. Uh. The three Italian grandsons and the, da- and the daughter. Interesting. I was obsessed. Um, yeah, I, 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 my, my mafia history isn't that, isn't that good, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, man, I can't wait to see what happens, how they roll it out. Um, I want, I do wonder if they're going to get into the post-production side of things on the movie and even the release of the film in these last three episodes somewhere. Well, this is episode seven, so eight, nine, 10. Yeah. So we Mm -hmm. have three more. So I wonder if it's going to get into the release of the movie at all. Like, I wonder where they're going to end this series at. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, because they can't just end it at the filming of it. They have to end it and seeing the fruits of everything that we've seen happen, what it meant to the, to the world. So I'm looking forward to that. So. I'm trying to have any expectations of it and just take it for what it is. So I'm me, me too. That. Me yeah. too. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's probably a better way to go about this stuff. Bet that, man. Well, I, I guess that's it for episode seven. That's right? it. Yeah, man. Um, you want to give them our social six? Yes. On Instagram, we are Grams of Snow Pod. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, we are Grams of Snow. Nice, man. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, again, man, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and throw us a review. We know yep. we say nigga a lot, so we don't want to hear about that no more. Get over it. You know, I would prefer for y'all to give us five stars, but in re- in reality, give us the stars that you think that we that we that we deserve. And if you don't give us a five star rating, let's we'll say you give us a three. Nah, I don't think you can delete them. But if we don't, if you don't give us a five star rating, the only thing I would say is just give us a reason why, so we can take it into consideration on how to how to make sure that we're better for the people. But if it's by telling us that we say the n word too much, you can forget that. There's right. no point in saying that. We're talking about TV. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that. Um, if you're interested in going back in our catalog, we have covered Snowfall, we've covered Euphoria, BMF uh succession we got a lot of stuff in our back catalog man so if you just by chance haven't looked back please jump back in there if any of those shows stick out to you jump up you know jump on them yeah, yeah uh we give you the same content with every you know with every single show man and there's always good nuanced conversations in there so uh sometimes they get heated sometimes they don't sometimes they stay very level-headed and i think if you go back to listen you will understand me a little better about my <laughs> irritation with treasy loving to say we're not arguing i don't make you argue if you <laughs> He has a pattern, and at this point, he's milking it. Oh, okay. Here, yeah, exactly. No. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's right. She's right. I have a pattern. I have a job. It's called producing. In this show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, 
Bye, friends. <laughs> oh, you said end the show. End the show. <laughs> this has been an On Ear Network production.